Our scripture reading this morning is going to come from the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 16. This morning I pray that you are moved by God's goodness. I hope and pray this morning that you are moved by God's goodness. When people are not moved or there is nothing that is expressing the goodness of God, then I ask myself two questions. One, are they strong enough that they can contain it or are they not feeling it? I believe that both of those happen. I believe there are people that truly feel the goodness of God, but they hold it back and they try to contain it. But there are those, they don't have anything to give thanks for. They don't have anything that they can rejoice in. They don't have anything that they can say that that is how good God is to me in my life. I want to read a few verses in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 16. And I want you to know something that the night the Lord saved my soul, it was a glorious peace when my old sinful soul, I was able to separate from this old sinful body and God saved my soul. Folks, I believe also that there's going to be a glorious day. It's not a sad day, but a glorious day when my body experiences that separation that is going to happen. I believe this. If you're here this morning and the Lord was going to call you from the walks of this life in the next few moments, know this. Your body will slumber in death, but your soul is going somewhere eternally. So the question this morning becomes this. Where are you going to spend eternity? Now, we think about death separating us from that person. But there's a spiritual death that separates us from God. And today, if you are experiencing a spiritual death in your life, I pray that you would experience life when you get saved. Listen, if you will, 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 34. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. Are we moved by the goodness of God? Give thanks unto the Lord. So the question is... You know how sometimes people might say, well, you sure have a strange way of expressing that? How do we express our gratitude and thankfulness to God? I'm not here to ask you to confess anything or tell me your, your methods or anything. It's simply for you to ask yourself, how do you reflect your thankfulness to God? Listen to what we read here. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. And the reason is because... For his mercy endureth forever. I want to really look at this 35th verse this morning for a little while. And say ye, save us, O God of our salvation. God, remember, he said, he said, save us, deliver us from what it is, and gather us together. You know what? I, I think about a gathering together of God's people every time we come together and worship him. But folks, I believe that heaven is going to be a great gathering place of all the saints of God. Be understood this morning, and it is absolutely something that we do not deny. There's some that's already gone to heaven. 
But that doesn't mean they're the last ones because I haven't made it yet. One of these days, every child of God is going to gather together. And you know what I believe is going to happen in heaven? I believe there's going to be a great roar of thanksgiving. I pray that while we live in this life that we might begin giving God thanks for His goodness. That we might begin thanking God for what He has bestowed upon us. Folks, if you have the blood of Jesus Christ in your life, we should be rejoicing today. A great deal of thanksgiving that we had. For listen to what the scriptures teach us. O God of our salvation and gather us together. Deliver us from the heathen. That we may give thanks to thy holy name. And glory in thy praise. Blessed be the God of Israel forever and ever. And all the people said. Amen. And praised the Lord. I hope that we kind of amp things up a little bit in heaven, folks, for our, our society and our world gets pretty quiet when it comes to praising God. We applaud the work of men. We, we give prizes and we give recognition for all the things that people do, from, from how good they are on a job, to their attendance on a job, to safety on a job, to their, their, their accomplishments in a classroom. We applaud and we recognize so many things that people accomplish, and that's okay. But folks, today, how often do we recognize the goodness of God in our life? How often do we declare the thanks with thanksgiving what God has done for us in our life? Listen to what we read here that save us, O God, and gather us together. He said, God, he said, there's some things that's going to have to happen so that I can have some thanksgiving in my life. Gather us together and deliver us from the heathen. But notice what the very beginning of this 35th verse says, and say ye, save us. Folks, this morning I, I hope and pray that you can agree with me when I say this. Salvation is wholly and completely by God. When I say that salvation is holy and completely by God, never should any person or any man ever get any credit for the work that God does. Through God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, never does a man never have to intercede on behalf of another man or a human being, folks. It is something that God can do. Now, I know that, that, that God uses people to, to reach other people that are unsaved. I understand that. But, folks, you do not have to have me in your life to get saved. You don't have to have the person beside you in your life to get saved. What you need is a God today that has sent His only begotten Son and through the working of the Holy Spirit drawing you to a place that you might seek out repentance for the sinful nature that we have. Not a nature that we ask for. You know, sometimes we may say, well, you're asked for it or that's what you wanted in life. None of us ask to be sinful people, but that is our nature. We have a, a nature today that, that rebels against God. When I say a sinful nature, it's not that you lie, cheat, and steal. It's that we go against the commands and the words and the things of God. And because of that, we cannot live a godly and righteous life without the Holy Spirit of God in our life. But the Scriptures are teaching us, save us. What would our life be like without the work of Calvary inside of that? What would our lives be like? What would our lives be like if we didn't have the work that Jesus did inside of us? What would our life be like? 
When salvation is holy by God, because of God, and through God, for without Jesus, without God working in our life, we would not have a hope and we wouldn't have anything to be thankful for. You know what? Today we could come together and we can give God thanks for a lot of temporary things. Maybe you thank God for the food that you ate. Well, God did give it to you. Maybe you thank God for the health that you have. Yes, God gave it to you. But do you know that, that food can run out? Do you know that, that our jobs and our monies can run out? Our health can run out? But you know what never expires is an experience of salvation. What do you think? We're looking for something that will last longer and longer and longer. Matter of fact, the, the, the way that, that the market is now, it seems like things, that they, they tear up, I guess you might say, sooner and sooner and sooner. But God wants to give you something that's not going to last just for a little while, folks. God wants to give you something that's eternal. Folks, this morning I want to stand up and I just want to say thank you, Lord, that I have one thing that is good inside of me and it's not just going to last for a little while. We kind of coined this phrase, you better just soak it up. You better live in the moment. You better make the memories because they'll soon be gone, folks. Your salvation experience will never expire. It's not like you've got to hurry up and enjoy it while you can for it'll soon leave, folks. When you get saved by the grace of God, that is something that is eternal. Not even death itself can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can. And their scriptures teach us today, he says, teach us. Now he said, excuse me, save us, O God, Romans, I want to read to you chapter 11. Romans chapter 11, and I want to skip down to the 33rd verse. How good is God to us? How much should we give thanksgiving? When you start thinking about the plan of salvation and the work that God does for all the Jews and the Gentiles... I want you to listen to Paul. We're going to talk about it a little bit more, but Paul had every reason to open his mouth and spew out negativity about God. Paul had every reason to open his mouth and murmur and complain. Listen to what we read in the 33rd verse. All the depth. How deep something is that we really don't understand. About 5% of the ocean's floor has been discovered because it's so deep. Today, I don't want to deny the fact that you have not experienced the love of God. But have you really experienced the depth of it? A depth of it you don't even understand. A depth of it you've never seen. A depth of it you have never experienced in your life. But I'm telling you this morning, God's love and His riches, they are deep. And I don't mean deep as far as hard to understand. Deep is in. They just keep going, they keep going, and they keep going. Oh, He said, the depth of the riches of both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. He said, listen to what, what Paul was talking about. He said, look at God and what He has. Look at the depth of His love for us. And I love the fact there's an explanation mark there. All oh, the depth and the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgment and His ways are past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Who hath been His counselor? You see... 
the more Paul began to understand about God, all he could do is just spew out and say about the goodness of God. That's all that could come out of his mouth. Today, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just want to put earplugs in of what I hear. And it's not just because it's negative, but it's, it, it, it's just covered with filth and all these things that we hear. And I want to say, please, people, have an experience with God where the only thing that can come out of your mouth are those things that glorify Him. But Paul, he began to see, he said, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been His counselor, or who hath given, or who hath first given to Him, and it shall be recompensed in Him again? For of Him and through Him, but don't leave this part out, and to Him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Folks, there's only one that we read about in the book of 1 Chronicles. When we read that it teaches us to save us, oh God. Let's go back and read that for just a minute. Again, the scripture teaches us, save us, O oh God. Folks, there's only one today that's worthy of our thanksgiving. There's only one today that's worthy of our praise. There's only one today that is above all others that we experience. For he said, God, not only do we need to be saved, but I, I really like the next part of this verse. It says, gather us together. You know what I found out uh, now been several years ago when you get saved you become a part of the family of God you find new people you know there's a lot of people today that feel like they're all alone they don't, they don't have no friends or no family or they don't have no acquaintances in life but when you get saved folks there's just something about the family of God this, this morning, I, I just want to stand and say, thank you, Lord, that you give me a family. Not just an earthly family. And by the way, I love my earthly family. They're not a perfect people, but they're a good people. But I don't just thank God for my earthly family. I thank God today for my spiritual family. A people that we are born into the, the family of God and let us gather together. Let's talk about the church today for just a minute. Folks, God... Did God not bless us with allowing us to be a part of His church? What a blessing it is that we get to, as the Scripture teaches us, gather us together. I'm thankful every time we get an opportunity to come in the Lord's house, we get to gather together. But you know what? Let's fast forward time and let's get into eternity. You know what God said? God said one of these days we're all going to gather together. I know that many times in our life our hearts are broken. I know many times in our life that we are saddened because things happen in our life and it transpires and we're broken because people that we love, they leave this life. But do know this, folks, that that is not the end of anything. It is only a time of, of a temporary separation. But one day we are going to gather together. So many people talk about rallying points and where they're going to be and if something goes wrong, if they're in a uh, whatever, they just say, we're going to meet together here. Folks, aren't you glad today to know this? That you can look at the person beside you, front of you, behind you, and the people all around you in your life, and you can say this, if I leave this world before we meet again, and you're saved by the grace of God, one day we're going to meet together at the feet of Jesus. Aren't you glad that there's a place that we as God's people are going to gather together? 
But there's a sense of unity. There's a sense of togetherness there. One of the miseries of hell is the feeling of isolation. People in this world are experiencing a a great deal of depression and, and loneliness in their life because they feel like they're all alone. And I get that. I understand that. And those are real feelings that are there. But in hell, do you know that there is no remedy or cure for people that feel lonely and isolated and separated? That is an eternal feeling that a person is going to experience. You don't like being alone? You don't like being isolated? You don't want to feel like that you have nobody? Folks, that's exactly one of the miseries of hell. Is it that there will be a place that it says it will be complete darkness? Darkness where you'll not see anybody. Weeping and gnashing of teeth where you'll not hear anything else. You will feel isolated. For those of us that are saved, should we not arise to our feet and, and send out a, a testimony and a glory hallelujah that thanks be unto God that we, let, that we can let us gather us together. Aren't you glad today to know that we can meet together, we can gather together, we can worship and we can serve the Lord together. For when we are saved by the grace of God, it gives us a sense of purpose. It gives us a sense of identity. Romans chapter 6, I want to read you if I can for just a minute. Romans chapter 6. And I want to read to you if I can. Down to the, not down, starting with fourth verse. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism. Again, when you get saved, you create this family. You're not alone. You have someone. Who is that someone in your life? We are buried with Him. Please take note of that. The hardest time in your life, you will not be alone. God, Christ, is with us. Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death. Can I tell you something that I don't mean in any kind of a slanderous way? Folks, when your soul is dead, you only need one person. It's not the person around you. You need Jesus. Who is the only one that ever went to the grave only to resurrect again? Well, preacher, Lazarus. What about Jairus' daughter? You know that story. They resurrected only to die again. Jesus is the first one to resurrect, never to taste of death again. He's not the last. He's just the first. Aren't you glad today to know that of all the good people you have in your life, all the wonderful people that we get to surround us in our life, there's only one that we need above everybody else. And listen to what Paul said. We are buried with Him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Paul talked about how that when we resurrect again, that that it means just that, to to dip or to immerse or to to go under as we might see. But it also means to be baptized means to be identified with. Baptism, that's a a physical sense, he said, but also to be identified with. What does that mean? That there's similar traits that are there. Yesterday we had gone through an ordination service and we were sitting in the fellowship hall and they had served a meal and by genetics or biologically I had an uncle sitting across from me and I was sitting on the other side and we were talking about eating spaghetti and sure enough, my, we was, well, one slurps for the other slurps. Genetics were, that's what you do with spaghetti, you slurp it. 
Now, my point is, not about slurping spaghetti, but sometimes genetics mean you act the same. Folks, when you get saved, you will want to act like Jesus. When you get saved, it's not that you're always going to act like Jesus, but there's a condemnation when you don't. There's a conviction. Oh, there you Baptist go saying that you can do whatever you want to do and still go to heaven, folks. The vast difference is you will want to please God when you're saved. There's a desire to please God. It, it's, when I talk about the numbness of people, the people that can't feel rejoicing in thanksgiving, they don't feel conviction. They don't feel a troubling in their life. Aren't you glad today to know that when we are buried with Him, not just in, in, a, in a sense of water or an immersion in the blood of Jesus, but aren't you glad today that we can be identified with Christ? There's nothing today that the world can say that's any more complimentary than people saying that you are like your Heavenly Father. That would be my prayer today is that you and I would live our life that we would be just like our Heavenly Father. For First Chronicles 16 and 35 says this. Not only do we want to let us gather together, but look what's going to happen to us. Deliver us from the heathen. Boy, I could really get offensive this morning. But you know when the Lord saved my soul? My soul and this old heathen body, they're two different things. My soul wants to please God, but you know what my flesh wants to do? Please man and please yourself. That's what the body wants to do. The soul wants to please God. The flesh wants to please the flesh. Aren't you glad today to know that you can feel the difference in the spirit and the flesh? If you can't, I pray that you would. If you haven't had that experience in your life where there's a desire to please God, that this would be the day that God would save your soul and that you would desire to please Him. But so many today don't have that experience. They, they, they don't know what it's like. And here He says that we might deliver us from the heathen. Not only did God save me from the flesh and save my soul, one of these days my physical body is going to slumber in death. The Bible also teaches us in Matthew chapter 25, there's going to come a day of the separating of the sheep and the goats. Folks, there's going to be a difference in those in heaven and those in hell. And I don't mean just a, a slight difference. You know how you can see a car that's blue and another one that's called blue and you're like, there's not much difference? Oh, it's not like there's a slight variation of heaven and hell. There are two total opposite extremes. Heaven is a real place. So is hell. Today God is and He desires to deliver us from the heathen. Many in the world today don't thank Him because they don't know really how good God's been to them in their life. But folks, God has been good to us. 2 Corinthians in the 6th chapter, in the 17th verse, it says, Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Folks, God is, Paul is reminding us in God and His Word that we need to separate ourselves. Let's keep moving along this morning. For First Chronicles 16 and 35 says that not only delivers from the heathen, that we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy presence. But again, notice what he says, that we may give thanks. This morning, I want to ask you this, again a personal question. Do you have anything to give God thanks for? Amen. What do you have to give God thanks for? 
Sure, we can say how many things, but folks, the greatest of them all, I thank God that I'm a child of the King. I thank God that there was a night many years ago when I lived in sin and in the flesh that God said, we're going to separate that and it's your soul is what I'm going to save. Aren't you glad today to know that we have something to be thankful for? Remember that in the very beginning when I said moved by the goodness of God, either people can contain their thankfulness or they don't feel thankfulness. I hope that you're in the beginning and not that earlier, not the latter of those. I hope it's just fact of, well, I just don't want to disrupt or I don't want to bother folks. You will never bother God when you speak about the goodness of God. You will never bother God by seeing how good God is. People can get tired, they can get restless, they can do what they want. But the truth is, I love it when people talk about how good God is. Not worried about the repercussions of man or what somebody may think or they talk too much or not enough or too loud or too long or whatever. I hope today that we talk about the goodness of God for he says that, that we may be able to give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy praise. Folks, I'll tell you this. Any praise and any thanksgiving you can give to God, he's worthy of it. Anything that you can do to thank and to praise God, He is worthy. Sometimes I wonder why am I as quiet as I am? Why do I not speak more about the, 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 how good God really is to me and thankfulness that He has given? And we might see that God has bestowed all these blessings upon us. That God has blessed us with the great riches of His glorious gospel that we've had these wonderful experiences. For I want to read to you in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'm going to skip down to about the 14th verse. Now thanks, we're talking about giving thanks. Now thanks be unto God. I want to tell you something about heaven and something else about hell. People are going to be calling on God in both of those places. In hell, people are going to be calling on God. The problem is, it's not that God's not going to hear them, but they've waited too late. There's no atheist in hell right now. They believe. They just believe way too late. And I don't mean just believed in their mind. I believe they deeply understand that God was real and they were a sinful person. They just did not heed the warning of God. But you know what in heaven? I believe there are those that are calling out to God. But you know what we're calling out to God is? Not for our... our, our, our punishment that we're going through it's because we're praising his name now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savior of his knowledge by us in every place thanks be to God do you know who wrote this verse Paul Paul was stoned Paul was cast into prison. On one of his journeys, he, got, he gets shipwrecked and only to get thrown in prison again. You and I would think that if Paul just praised and praised and praised and praised and praised, he must have lived a fruitful, prosperous life. That's not at all what happened. But you know what the difference was? Paul saw God in the things that hurt. Did you hear what I just said? Paul saw God in the things that hurt. And that made him glory in God. Salvation, it's a feeling. Would you agree with that? 
Can I ask you another question? For those of you that have been saved, would you agree with me when I say being lost hurts? When I say hurts, I don't mean that it's just a pain, but there's a trouble, there's an agitation, there, there's a heaviness that's there, and it's hurt. Your muscles get hurt, and they, they, when you pull them and, you, and they're overloaded, you might say by carrying stuff, there's a hurt that's there. Your soul feels the weight of sin, but God said, never, never worries, I can lift that, and I can give you peace in your life. Today, Paul, he talked about how that he went through all of these things, but he said that I just want to simply, now thanks be unto God, which causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh, excuse me, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. But he said, manifest the savior of his knowledge. You know what the word savior means, don't you? It's a fragrance. You're... I'm going to say this. I don't want to be misleading here. You smell one of two things this morning. Not that you smell. You sense or you inhale one of two things. Either the fragrance of God or Gehenna, which is hell, or the Valley of Hinnom. But you know what that Valley of Hinnom or hell is referred to? Hell is sin. It's a punishment for sin. New Testament Gehenna that is. But you know what the word Gehenna or the Valley of Hinnom means? It's a place of rotten garbage. If I told you to smell sulfur, if you've ever just smelled sulfur, you know exactly what I'm going to make you almost gag just thinking about it because it stinks. It's rotten garbage. Folks, you're smelling one of two things today. Either you're smelling the rotten garbage of the sinfulness of the world or you're smelling... As Paul said, manifest the Savior of his knowledge. Folks, can you just get an aroma and a, and, a, and a nice smell of the goodness of God in your life? And you know what I found out? Is that God's goodness will overpower and God's goodness is stronger than anything the world has. There is a lot of wickedness. There is a lot of sinfulness. There is a lot of rottenness that's going on. But may there be glory to his holy name. For in the Ten Commandments, I want to read to you Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7 says this, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember what we read to you there in that 35th verse of 1 Chronicles 16. He talks about thy holy name. Exodus 27 says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. So what does that mean? That anything connected to God is good. Folks, I'm going to say this. Anything connected to God is good and God can make good. If you are here this day and there's a need in your life, I pray that you would see that God desires to save you, that God desires to have goodness attached to His holy name and presence, that we might be able to, to glory in Him. For I want to go back and read this one more part of this verse and I'm going to close in a minute. Again, uh, 1 Chronicles 16.35 says that we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy praise. You know, a lot of people today want approval by man. But the truth is, we should only desire to be approved by God. That we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy praise. This morning... 
I'm going to close in just a second. But this is a personal question. Can you praise him this morning? Do you have anything to praise him for? As soon as that starts to come out, it's like, but, and you know, this, this, this dreadfulness comes up over us. Like that we have more to not be thankful for than to be thankful for. May that be the heathen in us that God says, separate that. You, you, you lay the heathen aside. You lay the flesh aside. He said, you let me, you let my spirit, you let my presence reign and rule. He said, when you do, you'll give praise and you'll give thanksgiving and glory in thy praise. I can tell you this. Nobody in heaven is fighting the battle of should they or should they not. It's complete praise going on in heaven right now. There's a lot of things that I don't understand about heaven. But I do know one thing about heaven. That every person that has ever left the walks of this life that's gone to heaven, they are finished with sin. And I don't know, but even in our old heartaches and all the, the dreadfulness we have in life, I have a hard time understanding that it's not a better place when you leave and go to a place where we are finished and we can give God the praise that He is due. Folks, one of the reasons we're going to need a glorified body, we can't praise Him in this whole body like we have now. But one day, guess what? We shall praise Him. I pray this morning that if you're here and God has been good to you, that you have thankfulness in Him. I don't care if you want to gather in the altar. I don't care if you want to shout it from the rooftops. But I pray today that you would let out your thankfulness to God for what He's done for you in your life. So this morning, are you moved by God's goodness? Moved in the fact that you want to say, you want to do, you want to follow after Him? Or is it, I don't even feel anything or maybe I even want to hold it back. I pray that you're moved to a place that there's no holding back, that you'll let God have His way. God bless you this morning. I want us to get a song. Those are the scriptures.